Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Greetings, Ram fans. Do I even need to ask how you're feeling today? The Rams, the shorthanded Rams, severely shorthanded, go in to face the first place team in their division and come away with an exciting and impressive 30-23 win. Wow, that was quite a game. You know, teams often use signature wins this time of year to propel themselves to the Super Bowl. Teams that win the Super Bowl often get rolling right about now, week 13, week 14. And folks, that might be what we just witnessed on Monday Night Football. And I'm not going to lie to you. You know, the Rams are already down. Cam Akers, Robert Woods, Brian Allen, and Sebastian Joseph Day, among others. And then over the weekend, we found out that Daryl Henderson and Dante Dion were not going to be able to play. They were on the COVID restriction list. And then hours before the game, we find out Jalen Ramsey, Rob Havenstein, and Tyler Higby are all also out. That's Jalen Ramsey, their second best defensive player. Dante Dion, a guy that has been contributing significantly on the back end this year on the defense. Daryl Henderson, their leading rusher. Rob Havenstein, their starting right tackle. And Tyler Higby the reliable and versatile tight end. All of them gone due to COVID. And like I said, the Rams didn't find out about three of these guys, Ramsey, Havenstein, and Higby, until hours before the game. Throw in the fact that, hey, this team has no depth. They have this cancer wide receiver named OBJ. Now, this isn't me talking here. This is just some of those people who love to slam on the Rams. Matthew Stafford can't beat teams with winning records. The Rams can't beat a team with a winning record. And they roll in to face the 10-2 Arizona Cardinals. I gotta be honest, I didn't think we had much chance. In the back of my mind, I kept on telling myself, you know, these are the games where teams step up. How many times have the Rams gone in to play a wounded team and had their hands full? So in the back of my mind, I was hoping that would be the case. The Rams would step it up. Extremely important game. Would they be able to come away with a win, though? I knew they'd play hard, and I knew they would try to make a game of it, but could they really come out of this game with a win against a team as good as the Cardinals? And you know what? From the get-go, from the first snap, it was evident to me this was going to be a fun ride. And it was a fun ride all the way down to the last snap. And by the way, the first play from scrimmage, an Aaron Donald sack. And the last play from scrimmage, another Aaron Donald sack. Wow, what a win. I haven't been this excited about a Rams win in I I don't know how long. Maybe since the Mike Jones tackle. Or maybe that John Johnson interception of Drew Brees in that Saints playoff game. You You know the one I'm talking about, the one where there was no pass interference by Nicole Roby Coleman. We're going to capture each possession for you, and then we'll have some additional game notes and our loop around the league. 
But first, due to all these challenges personnel-wise, the Rams activated defensive backs Grant Haley and Kareem Orr, as well as tight end Jared Pinckney, and running back Javion Hawkins and wide receiver Brandon Powell, as well as offensive lineman Jeremiah Colon. And Justin Hollins came back off the injured reserve list, and he played against the Cardinals, so that was good to see. And Bryson Hopkins, for the second week in a row, gets a significant number of snaps, as well as Kendall Blanton. With Tyler Higby out, we kind of expected that. Kareem Orr and Nick Scott and David Long all pitching in, something we don't see every week. And Joseph Nopum stepping in for Havenstein, and from what I could tell, he did a pretty darn good job. Chandler Jones didn't hear his name called much, actually not until very late in the game. And Matt Gay hitting three field goals, one from 55 yards. He has become Mr. Reliable and now starting to hit long ones as well. I'll real quickly review my fearsome four keys to the game. Man, in games like this, it almost becomes irrelevant. So much happening, so many big plays, so many exciting plays. But I'll share these with you nonetheless. Fearsome fearsome key number one was containing Kyler Murray, and by that I mean keeping him in the pocket. I thought we kind of failed at that. There were times where we really put great pressure on him, but we let him escape too much. Leonard Floyd struggled with that especially. So I'm going to say a fail on that. Murray had a good day running the ball, creating plays downfield out of the pocket. Person key number two was a clean passing game. Keep a clean pocket. No big mistakes in the passing game. And man, we succeeded at that. And that has a lot to do with how well our offensive line played. Really clean game for Matthew Stafford. I mean, they got to him a couple of times, but overall, good game by the offensive line in the passing game, and look at Cooper Cup stats. That'll tell you something about our passing game. For some key number three, became overcome by events. I wanted the Rams to put Ramsey on Hopkins and shut him down. Ramsey couldn't even play, so we'll just take a pass on that one. And for some key number four, I think I nailed this. Pound the ball with Sony Michelle, get the running game going, and you know Michelle. I'll get into the stats later on. His stats weren't really that impressive, but man, really critical gains for him. Really critical runs. Helped out this offense immensely. I think he is what the doctor ordered for the Rams running game. Daryl Henderson may very soon find himself the backup running back. Run through some key stats for you. Stafford, 287 yards and three TDs. Sonny Michelle, like I said, only 20 rushes for 79 yards, but it felt like it carried the weight of 179 yards. He had so many key pickups. There was one play where he forced his way through for a first down, looked like he was stopped short. Man, love the way Sonny Michelle brought it today. Cooper Cup, 13 catches for 123 yards and a TD, one catch shy of the Monday Night Football record. On the defensive side, Aaron Donald, man, he brought it. Three sacks, the sixth time in his career he's done that. And I thought Darius Williams had a great game. Man, he was blanketing receivers. He got beat a couple times, but this wide receiver crew, they're going to beat you. Darius Williams, man, stepped it up. Number one cornerback with Jalen Ramsey out, and he brought it. Leonard Floyd and Ernest Jones, both with nice interceptions. 
And, you know, I'm starting to think the Rams have hit on another mid to late round pick. They hit with Sebastian Joseph Day. They hit with Jordan Fuller. They hit with Greg Gaines. And now they hit with Ernest Jones. The defense held James Conner to 31 yards rushing. I think Conner had more yards celebrating than rushing, actually. He was very damaging in the passing game, though. This was really a great performance by the defense, playing without Ramsey and Dion and Sebastian Joseph Day. I mean, Murray ended up with 383 yards passing, but no TDs. But I actually think our DBs did a pretty good job. A lot of those catches were caught under duress, great catches, one-handed catches, back shoulder catches. I mean, there was a blown coverage or two, but overall, I think it was a really good job against a team that has perhaps the greatest group of receivers in the league. And plus, remember, the running back, Connor, had 94 yards receiving on nine catches. So that's hard to blame entirely on the DBs, that's for sure. So what does this win mean? What's the big picture? We're going to get into the implications, standings-wise, in our next episode. We'll do a pretty detailed look at that. But I'm going to tell you it's still a tough road for the Rams to win the division. They need the cards to lose out in the division, most likely. So they need to lose to Seattle to get to 4-2 and two in the division. While the Rams win out, beating Seattle and San Francisco, that would potentially put them in a tie with the same divisional record. But then the Rams would still need the Cardinals to lose another game. Unless the Cardinals totally collapse. But we'd certainly need them to lose another game, preferably to Minnesota, a common opponent, while the Rams beat them, of course. It's complicated. We'll take a long look during our next episode. But bottom line, the Rams have not mathematically clinched a playoff spot. But realistically, they have. They're going to be a playoff team. Certain of that. And you know what? I'm not so sure... The five seed is all that bad. Not necessarily a real bad spot to be in. So don't get too spun up about whether the Rams win this division. Am I satisfied with the fifth seed? No. But am I crying over it? Absolutely not. We'll be back in a minute for a game capture and then more game notes. And finally, our loop around the league. And one important programming note before we move on. Our next drop will be Friday morning instead of Thursday morning. These Monday night games really mess with our schedule. That Friday morning drop, of course, will be a preview of the Rams-Seattle game, as well as another close look at the playoff situation, game picks, and all that other good stuff. So Friday instead of Thursday. Football fans, I'm sure we all love action-packed, high-scoring NFL games. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 
Gambler. Let's get our game capture done here. Cardinals got the ball first, converted two third downs. Rams pass rush was really getting after it, though, really causing some problems. Murray throws three straight incompletions, forcing a 53-yard field goal by Matt Prater. Cardinals up 3-0. Rams go three and out on their first possession. Very disappointing. Matt Stafford misses a pretty wide-open Ben Skaronic. And after a 38-yard Johnny Hecker punt, Cardinals take over. Another nice drive down, deep into Ram territory. They get it to the Rams 5, and A.D. tips a Kyler Murray pass. Ernest Jones intercepts. And, you know, for a moment there, it looked like it could have been like a 95-plus yard return. But Kyler Murray makes the tackle. Still, Rams are down 3 nothing. Really haven't gotten much done yet. And they have the ball at the run 32. On this next drive, Stafford goes 7 for 7. Sony Michelle had a nice 19-yard run. And OBJ caps it off with a 2-yard TD pass. And the Rams have the lead, 7-3. to three. After the kickoff, Cardinals go mostly backwards. Looked really out of sorts on offense, a 3-and-out. This was the drive where it looked like the Cardinals had converted a 3rd and 23, I think it was. Rams had jumped Offsides, it was a free play, and they did convert, but they also called the Cardinals for holding. So there's a redo in the Rams hold, Cardinals punt. Rams start at their own 29. Sony Michelle chewing up yardage. OBJ has a big reception for 18 yards, and Matt Gay hits a 55 yarder. Rams up 10 to 3. Arizona bounces back with a long drive. Most of the damage coming on a 41-yard pass to Christian Kirk. On fourth and goal from the half-yard line, Kyler Murray hands off to James Conner. It looks like the Rams have him stopped, but he bounces out of Aaron Donald's arms, jumps out to the left, and scores, and it's 10-10. Rams' next possession, their final possession of the half, OBJ has a big 39-yard pass reception on a third down. And Matt Gay hits another field goal, this one a 35-yarder, 13-10 Rams, and and the Cardinals on their last possession of the half. Kyler Murray runs out of bounds at the 36-yard line with just one second left. And, of course, Matt Prater hits the field goal, and we have a 13-13 tie at halftime. Third quarter, Rams get the ball first, having deferred. After a personal foul on a Cooper Cup reception, Matthew Stafford, Play action pass to Van Jefferson, 52 yards for the touchdown. And just like that, the Rams are up 20 to 13. Arizona's next possession, a Kyler Murray pass. Leonard Floyd tips it and pulls it down for the interception, returns it to the 19. And a few plays later, after a tough Sony Michelle conversion on third down and a defensive holding penalty in the end zone, Stafford hits Cooper Cup in the corner of the end zone just past the pylon, sneaks it in right past the defender, and just like that, 27-13 Rams. Arizona gets the ball again from their own 25, get down to the Rams 22, and on fourth and one, 
DeAndre Hopkins, of all people, drops a pass, and the Rams take over on downs. They pick up one first down on a pass to Kendall Blanton, but after a sack, the Rams punt, and Arizona takes over at their own 27. Got to give the Cardinals credit. A couple of clutch catches by Kyler Murray's receivers, and eventually James Conner scores out of the Wildcat. We're in the fourth quarter now. The Rams lead cut to seven. So things are starting to get real. Rams have the ball. 13-38 left in the game. Take over at their own 25. OBJ has a big catch for a first down. And then Stafford hits Cup with a 43-yard catch and run down to the Cardinals 25. Perhaps the biggest play of the game. Clutch situation. This is the drive where the refs missed an obvious face masking. 30 million people saw it. The guy paid to look for it did not. But the Rams get the field goal up 30-20. to 20. Arizona trying to come back. Picks up a couple first downs, but then turns it over on downs. Nice play by Vaughn Miller. Rams pick up a first down on the ground with Sony Michelle. Punt. Arizona gets the ball back. And a big play to Christian Kirk. Puts them in field goal position. They kick the field goal to close to 30-23. to 23. Really frustrating because the Rams had a couple of chances to intercept there. And you get this bad feeling when your DBs drop potential interceptions. Give the opposition life. And sure enough, after the Cardinals scored on that field goal, they convert the onside kick and have one last chance. But it's not happening. Defense steps up again. Greg Gaines, Aaron Donald, Darius Williams all making plays. And the Rams close out a 30-23 win. Much more exciting than it needed to be, but we got our money's worth, that's for sure. Big win by the Rams. Everybody pitching in. Matt Gay hitting a 55-yarder. Offense answering the call. The defense, perhaps their most impressive effort of the year, considering who they are missing. And the offense missing guys as well. What a win. Rams 30, Cardinals 23. We'll be back in a minute with some additional game notes, our fearsome four big plays of the game, player props, who gets game balls, take a look at the coaching and our coach's corner, and what about the refs and announcers? We'll take a look at that as well. And yes, I have a little bit to say on both of those. Before we wrap things up with our loop around the league, some additional game notes for you. I reached out to my shy special assistant who knows everything but prefers to remain anonymous. I asked for some help picking my fearsome four big plays of the game, and he said, hey, have fun with that. Man, there are so many big ones. I narrowed it down to eight. It's actually more than eight. And these are mostly from the Rams' perspective. For some big play number one, how about that AD tip and the Ernest Jones interception? Looked like the cards were about to take a 10 to nothing lead, but oh no, Rams are going the other way. Big play early in the game. And for some big play number two, got to call out the Leonard Floyd interception, that tip. 
tips it to himself, catches it, takes it down to the Cardinals 19. Clearly a big, impactful play. First on big play number three, I mentioned this already once. After the cards had closed to 27-20, Rams faced first and 20, and Stafford hits Cooper Cup for 44 yards down to the Arizona 24. It leads to a field goal. Rams open it up to a 10-point lead. Thought we might have been losing momentum there, but Stafford and Cup answer the bell. Fearsome big play number four. It's actually a combination. Rams got two fourth down stops on defense, turning the ball over on downs back to their offense. And some big play number five. This is the only time I'll call out a cardinal play. James Conner's TD run on fourth and goal. Man, if the Rams have got to stop there too. What a tone setter. Here's some big play number six. Van Jefferson's 52-yard touchdown pass. What a bomb that was from Matthew Stafford. Beautiful play. Here's some big play number seven. Matthew Stafford squeezes that pass into Cooper Cup for a TD right inside the pylon. Man, I don't know how that ball got to Cup. I thought it was intercepted at first. But no, it's a Ram touchdown. And for some big play number eight, Matthew Gay's 55-yard field goal. Kind of ho-hum, right? Field goal, big deal. Hey, it's three points. Three points on the board for the Rams from 55 yards out. Yeah, I call that a big play. Some post-game notes. Aaron Donald's 15 pressures are the most by any player in a single game this year. And Matthew Stafford continues to lead the league in games with three TDs and no interceptions. He has six. Three other quarterbacks have four. Game balls. Man, how do you do this? I mean, you don't want to diminish this great team win by recognizing specific players because you could really roll with about 10 or 12 guys. And I think Sean McVay did what I kind of suggested. Hey, let's for once give it to our best players, specifically Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup. McVay actually didn't give one to Cup. I don't think Cooper Cup cares, to be honest with you. But those would be my three, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford. Donald and Cup do it every week. You could just name the game ball after those guys. But you also got to call out Joseph Noteboom, the performance he put in, filling in for Rob Havenstein, and Sonny Michelle, rugged running, just what we needed. Big-time performance by Sony. And like I say, there's a lot of other guys we could call out. Some of these young DBs that stepped up. Ernest Jones had a big game. Coleman Shelton at center. OBJ. Greg Gaines, again. The two young tight ends. Could go on and on. This would be a good game to hand out game balls to Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford. Anybody we need to mention on the negative side? Well, that onside kick, I'm sorry. Special teams, we never have a completely clean game. That was not pretty. It could have all gone to naught. I was a nervous wreck for the last 40 seconds. I don't deserve this. Cover that ball, please. Turned out okay, but that was scary. Coach's Corner, I have no criticisms of Sean McVay. Nothing at all to say. You have to give him credit, man. Those last-minute changes, what does that do to his game plan, especially on offense, losing Tyler Higby? You know they're going to try to 
run the ball, run heavy with Sony Michelle, and then you lose Tyler Higbee. That's tough. I will have to say I agreed with the announcers. They called out Kirk Kingsbury for not kicking that field goal early and going for the onside kick. Although I don't think you can necessarily say, hey, if they had kicked that field goal earlier, they would have then still recovered the onside kick. There's a butterfly effect here, man. Who knows what would have happened. But still, I would have kicked the field goal and then tried the onside kick with, I think it was like 130 left. Refereeing review, um, I gotta tell you, I saw Matthew Stafford get hit low and in the helmet on the same play, no call. I saw Stafford get face masked. And as I mentioned, you got a guy back there, his job is to make those calls. We all saw it. Sean McVay saw it. The fans all saw it. The TV audience all saw it. But not the guy standing back there with the yellow flag in his pocket. Unacceptable. And by the way, these refs going into this game, they throw more flags than any other refing crew in the league, and they miss those calls? Weird. And a small note, I'm pretty dang sure they missed the spot on that backwards pass by Kyler Murray early in the game. I think it would have only been a one-yard loss, but but still surprised they missed that. A little bit about the announcers. You know, I love Lewis Riddick, but I don't think he's aware of how good Darius Williams is. Early in the game, he said it was such a mismatch with DeAndre Hopkins and Darius Williams trying to cover him. I guess you could get away with saying that, but it was a little disrespectful. Darius Williams is an excellent cover corner. And I don't know if it was Greasy or Riddick when Cup made that catch in the end zone when it went just underneath the DB. And one of them said, I think it was Riddick, but it could have been Greasy. That could have just as easily been a pick six. I don't think so. If the DB had been able to hang on to that, he would have been down right there. But I will say, I actually love this announcing team. I don't watch every Monday night football game, but when I do, they generally do a fantastic job. No over-the-top analysis, just really good insight, good analysis. I really like this crew, so my criticisms, take it with a grain of salt. Those are the mistakes I noticed, but I think this is one of the better announcing crews we have right now. Be back in a minute with our loop around the league. Time for the Rams up loop around the league week 14 starting with the Thursday night game. Vikings 36, Steelers 28. This was a game I admit I turned off. Was going nowhere. Steelers looked like the worst team in the history of the NFL early on. But man, talk about exciting by the time this game was over. Vikings had a 29-point lead at one point, And still, the Steelers had a chance to tie it. Got the ball at their own four. 12 plays, 84-yard drive to the Vikings 12. Big Ben can't get it into the end zone as time runs out. Thanks in part to Chase Claypool, who made a really strange play, caught a pass for a first down, got tackled, wanted to celebrate, wanted to do that first down point. Offensive guard Trey Turner, his teammate, comes over, 
and is clearly enraged, get back to the line of scrimmage, get the ball back to the center. The ball goes squirting off to the right. I would say the Steelers lost 10 seconds, and essentially they lost an extra play, possibly even two opportunities to tie that game up. And the Steelers lose. I mean, they would have had to score and get a two-point conversion, but still, Chase Claypool got to know better. That was pretty, pretty sad. For the Sunday games, I usually go chronologically, but I'm going to start with the two exciting afternoon games, the two irrelevant afternoon games. The Niners 26, Bengals 23 in overtime. The Bengals gave away 10 points in the first half, muffing two punts. Niners had a 17-6 lead at the break. Very generous of the Bengals. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase hook up twice in the fourth quarter to draw even 2020. Bengals had to settle for a field goal on their first possession of overtime, take a 23-20 lead. Niners drove the field for the game-winning TD. It was really all about George Kittle from the 49ers' perspective. 13 catches for 151 yards, including some key receptions in overtime. Zach Taylor saying the Bengals were doing everything they could to stop Kittle, and they still couldn't. Bucks 33, Bills 27 in overtime. Bucks led 24-3 at the half. Another game that a lot of people probably bailed on. The Bills didn't hand the ball off once in the first half. It was Josh Allen throwing and running. But they come back. They storm back. It's 27-24 Bucks, and the Bills actually had a chance to take a lead. And on third down in the end zone, the refs don't throw the flag on what looked like pass interference to me. At a minimum, holding. And the Bills have to settle for the tying field goal. Then in overtime, Bills go three and out. And wouldn't you know it, the Bucks benefit from a bogus P.I. eventually scoring. Funny how that works in Brady's favor sometimes. So last week, the Bills lost to the Pats, their longtime AFC East nemesis. This week, they lose to Tom Brady, their longtime nemesis. And meanwhile, Brady does the Pats a favor knocking off the Bills. Get back to some morning games. Browns 24, Ravens 22. Lamar Jackson left that game early with an ankle injury, but Tyler Huntley, his backup, played admirably. But Miles Garrett strips the ball away from Huntley, recovers it, and returns it for his first career touchdown. Huntley finished with 315 yards of total offense. Cowboys 27, Washington football team 20. Cowboys nursed a 24-0 lead and held on. Kyle Allen rallied the Washington football team late, but it wasn't enough. Micah Parsons had another great game. And if anyone is more deserving than Aaron Donald of Defensive Player of the Year, it might be Parsons. I just don't know if they'd give it to a rookie. But by next year, this time, it might be Parsons' trophy to win. Titans 20, Jags 0. The end has to be near for Urban Meyer. Just too ugly on and off the field, especially that offense not working. Word on the street, Charlie Strong could be taking over soon. Saints 30, Jets 9. Alvin Kamara returned from a four-game absence, had 120 yards and a TD. 
Taysom Hill ran for two TDs. Chargers 37, Giants 21. It's becoming a three-team race in that AFC West with the Raiders losing and the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos winning. Justin Herbert threw for three TDs, and that's without Keenan Allen. Herbert is the first player to reach 30 TDs in his first two seasons and has the most completions for a player over his first two seasons, 734 so far. And he is the second fastest player to reach 8,000 yards. Chiefs 48, Raiders 9. Man, it's fallen apart for the Raiders. I'm sure their fans are still pumped. They always are. Raiders turned the ball over five times. The last time the Raiders were in Kansas City, remember they won a game there last year, and they drove their buses around the stadium in a victory lap, and they decided before this game it would be a good idea to stomp on the Chiefs' logo. Whatever. Seahawks 33, Texans 13. This was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. You know, I'll tell you, I really like Davis Mills. I think he's a good NFL quarterback. He finished 33 for 49 for 331 yards, albeit against perhaps the worst D in the league. Seattle, some people saying they still have a shot. Not so sure. Broncos 38, Lions 10. Those two running backs for the Broncos tore it up. Javante Williams looking like a beast, 73 yards. And Melvin Gordon ran for 111 yards and two TDs. Lions running back Craig Reynolds actually looked really effective. He may be a guy to keep your eye on. But this was a mismatch. Bronco defense is very good. The Broncos, by the way, were honoring wide receiver Demarius Thomas. I'm sure you all heard. Very sadly, he passed away unexpectedly the other day. Falcons 29, Panthers 21. Falcons improved to 6-2 and two on the road to remain relevant. Hey, you know, could we just schedule a weekly primetime game between the Vikings and Falcons? We know it's going to be entertaining. Going to come down to the last play. I'd watch that. And the Sunday night game, Packers 45, Bears 30. 45 points scored in the second quarter in that game. Bears led 27-21 at the half. Packers put up 17 in the third quarter. Aaron Rodgers ended up with 341 yards and four touchdowns. Still owns the Bears, apparently. Justin Fields ran for 74 yards and threw for two touchdowns. That's going to do it for this episode. One important note, our next drop will be on Friday morning instead of Thursday morning. These Monday night football games really screw up our schedule. So we'll move that back a day. We'll be previewing the Rams-Seahawk game and we'll do some standings updates. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. Don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.